Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my very first episode of the She Talks Health radio show. And this is your host, Sophie Shepard. We are on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. And Voice America is actually the largest live internet radio network in the world. So I am so humbly excited to be on the show today and to welcome each and every one of you um, to this incredible episode that we have for you today. And since this is my very first radio session, I wanted to just take a few moments to tell you who I am and what I do for a moment uh, before we get into the actual guest we have today, who I'm so excited is on the other line with us. So I am the founder of She, and this company helps busy professional women who are being held back by their hormones and digestion. And when women are coming to see me, they're really frustrated and exhausted because they've tried every diet from, you know, like the blood typing diet to keto to being vegan, and they have just zero results to show for it. They have menstrual cycle issues, you know, heavy, long, irregular, and absent cycles, and they usually have trouble losing weight. Um, They're also suffering usually from adult acne, and they're bloated, and they're having tons and tons of digestive health issues, and it's really not fun. And, you know, I totally get this because this was me. I am 30 now, but my health journey started when I was 16. So about 15 years ago, this exact person was who I was, and it was so frustrating because I didn't feel like myself. I, couldn't, I didn't feel like a woman. Um, I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel um, like I could really be myself. I was always worrying about what I was eating and how it was making me feel. And, you know, it was a really horrible feeling to, to, to be like, you know, I, um, I'm going to the doctor and I'm not getting results. And this is a cycle called the cycle of trial and error that um, we will be talking about today that I was stuck in. And you know, it's really frustrating because then you go back and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm back on square one and I'm Googling everything. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that can relate to the idea of Dr. Google because maybe they haven't gotten the answers they need from their you know, primary care doctor, or maybe they're just trying to Google their symptoms to figure out what's going on. And we're going to talk about why that's not super efficient. Um, but my whole quest into why I got started in this was because I didn't have the answers that I needed. And so when I was going through my hormone struggles, I found that I was really struggling to find good answers. And so if you're also struggling to find good answers and you just don't know what's up with your health, please know that you are just not alone. There is so much help out there, you know, functional nutrition, naturopathic doctors, acupuncturists, chiropractic. There's, there's so many facilitators out there in the world that are helping people to heal and to feel better. And um, I wanted to let you guys know that on my website, which is shetalkshealth.com, I actually have three options available for you guys. There's an option to work with me one-on-one where we go deep and we do some diagnostic testing. And there's also some group programs and do, do-it-yourself programs. So... With that, now that you know a little bit more about me, do know that next week, my episode, um, I'm actually getting interviewed on my own show about my story and all the trials and tribulations and the health journey that I went through to get to where I am now, where I get to powerfully serve these women. And it is just my honor 
to do that. And it is also my honor to introduce Reed Davis. For this episode, we're going to be talking about how we can go beyond disease for women, finding the root cause and reversing our symptoms and our diseases that are so prevalent. You know, right now, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this show was to give voice to all of the women across the globe that are suffering. And there are just some staggering statistics, like 75% of autoimmune patients are women. One in 10 women are suffering from a debilitating and painful disease called endometriosis. And PCOS is affecting approximately 5 million American women. It's actually a leading culprit for infertility as well. So this is really, you know, sad stuff. It's a sad state of affairs that we're in. And our um, guest speaker, Reed Davis, is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, which is my school. So I am so happy he's here with us today. Reed is a holistic health practitioner, and he's a certified nutritional therapist. And he's really an expert in this functional lab testing that we'll definitely explain a little bit today so you guys understand how that's different than regular lab testing. And um, with Reed's just decades of experience and testing, he has really changed the game for so many people. And so, Reed, welcome to the show. It's so well, great to have you. Thank you so much, Sophie. It's a real, real pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, Reed is a, a mentor of mine. Um, I'll just give you guys a little like extra introduction of Reed. Um, I, you know, I'd been a health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition for about a year and a half when um, one of Reed's um, uh, students kind of reached out to me and said, hey, have you ever considered doing some more lab testing and more getting to the root cause? And I was like, well, that's really interesting because that's actually what, you know, healed my Hashimoto's and healed this and that. And I've always wanted to do that, but I'm kind of scared. And so Reed, call, I don't know if you remember this, Reed, you called me on a Saturday morning <laughs> and you said, you said, look, I don't really know how, how many other careers you could start for, for this um, buy-in point, and you're going to get all this amazing information. You just have to be ready to jump in. So what are, you, what are you waiting for? And I realized in that moment, wow, the world really needed me to step up. And I just really want to thank you for pushing me beautifully and gently into jumping into your incredible program, um, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. So thank you so much. Well, of course, you're very welcome remember because I make a lot of calls like that when people are kind of on the fence and I help them make the right choice if, and it just seemed really right for you. You were totally ripe to get our training program so good on you for taking advantage of that. Yeah, and now absolutely. You've graduated and you're out there doing a lot. Mm -hmm. You're doing a lot of good in the world and I'm very, very proud of you. So good on you. Thanks, Reed. Thank you so much. And um, for those of, uh, of the audience that don't know what FDN is, could you kind of talk about how you how you started this um, this school and how I, I love your story of um, what experiments you kind of were doing to get to this point. And I think it's really re relevant for all the women listening who might just be stuck in this cycle that they can't get out of. Well, thanks for the opportunity, and I sure I'll tell you. I was actually back in the '90s. I was in environmental law, and working in that field. I was saving the planet, air, birds, water, trees, bees. You know, and I started noticing that the, if the environment was so bad and it was killing animals and uh, filthying up our, our air and water stuff, well, what is it doing to people? So around 1999, I turned my attention to what is going on with people, including me and my own health. 
and I guess I was in my 40s then, and I thought I was in pretty good shape, didn't really have any health issues, but I went to work in this clinic. It was a, called a wellness clinic. It was chiropractic and acupuncture and massage, and we had a medical doctor and some other people doing some great things, and the owner decided, uh, well, she hired me to run the business, and I went to a nutrition program with her. She said I could go along as her assistant, more or less, and and I did. And I she let me work on her on her patients in between classes, which was just an amazing, unheard of opportunity. And I fell in love with the clinical side of this field. You know, again, I was running the business and building the business, and at the same time. Uh, fell in love with the, the clinical side, working one-on-one with mostly women. And the most common story was that they'd all seen at least four or five or maybe eight or ten different practitioners already, and they weren't better yet. And I thought, you know, I came from a field of, uh, you know, consumer affairs more or less, and said, uh, that's a ripoff. You know, like mm-hmm. like most people getting into this business do have a problem of their own and they're, they overcome it and then they help others to do the same thing. That's your story. I was in good shape. I just thought people were being ripped off by, I, can't, I mean, what do you mean you've seen eight practitioners and <laughs> not better yet? So I determined then, this is very naive at the time, as you know, Sophie, but I determined then I wanted to be the last person they needed to see. I was a very good researcher and writer and things. So I started working with people and uh, I ran thousands of labs on thousands of people. It's just, I just fell in at the right time. Again, they were mostly women, but when we had some more or less, almost like uh, things occur, then I, uh, they brought me their kids, they brought me their husbands and, you know, we, we worked on everybody. So after 10 years of that, and literally I was known for running more labs than any any office with maybe five doctors in it, and and I just was very aggressive that way. And I noticed some things. I made my own observations about who got better and who didn't. And it's no surprise to any listener that the people working closest to the underlying causal factors were the ones and who uh, applied principles of healing, the general principles of healing. They were the ones who got better. And, and again, sometimes miracles occurred and people with diagnoses, some of which you mentioned, uh, it just went away. You know, by getting healthier, you just get healthier. And so that's what formed the basis of the course that you took. So I, I worked in an office for 10 years before I started teaching and I've been teaching for 12 years now. So it's quite, quite a, uh, it is quite a story. (laughs) Yeah, and I would love to just take a pause in the story because this is, it's such a beautiful story. And I, I think it, the next question that may, maybe an, a listener might have is, and I, I know this was a big thing and a big aha for me when I started taking the FDN course was these kind of general principles of health building. Um, and I know you say very often that the, the general principles of health building outperform specific treatments. And, you know, we live in a world where it's a very this for that, right? You, you have um, a headache, you take um, Advil. You, you have, I don't know, any other ailment, right? It's, it's usually a, a pill or a, a tincture or something. So we're thinking very um, singularly, and I think we kind of forget that, oh, right, my head is connected to my neck, which is connected to the rest of my body. 
And when we start to think that way, we can stop getting into the weeds and treating our body um, in, in, in parts like it was a car and really treat it as a, a full running machine. And so I'd love to I'd love to hear maybe what you feel are those kind of key principles of health building that someone could fall back on no matter what. Because one of, one of the things I really want to accomplish in this show is to not um, talk around something, but be really specific around tools that they can lean on. And I know, even though I'm using the word specific, that we don't treat anything at all. We really build the health of the body. So I guess my question to you is, how? Um, what are those general principles of health building? And how do you see them outperforming those specific treatments? That's a great question. And you know what, I have to go back to when I started and realized that I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm going to actually have to figure out what's really wrong. Because physicians, they can use agents, whether it's drugs, and there are other types of physicians and practitioners who use supplements, and just an agent. So they bring an agent into play that wasn't there before, and they hope it has an effect on the symptoms that the client or patient is complaining about. And they do so with sometimes very little regard for what I call the variables. So, you know, just what's your main complaint? Well, here, try And sometimes this, that agent uh, works, and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it might actually make people worse, especially since they're probably ignoring the underlying cause or condition. So that's a specific treatment for a specific thing based on either the symptoms. And sometimes those guys run labs, too. And they're then treating the papers. Oh, this is low or this is high, some marker on a piece of paper. Something's low or high. And they, again, introduce an agent with low regard for the variables and uh, hope that it changes the numbers in the paper and that the person feels better. That's what we call specific treatment. Now, what I realize is that I don't, that's not working. People have just gone from one practitioner to the next trying some new diagnosis and specific treatment or some modality or whatever it might be. It could even be a new diet program, exercise program, and what have you. So the, by, what I mean by applying the general principles of health building means, well, let's not treat that specific thing. Again, that could be considered practicing medicine without a license. I'm not a doctor. Why don't we just treat every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system in the body, the entire organism, if you will, and to to do so, you must pay attention to those variables that the other guys don't. So we care very much about, well, whose lab test is this? You know, what is the person's life like, uh, including a very holistic approach? It's their diet. It's their rest. It's their exercise. It's their stress and all the various stressors. And it's, you know, whatever supplements they might be taking. So we take a person in totality, and then we, we do some lab work, but it's usually looking at, functions way upstream. So, And I determined what six functions I think are most important or at least critical to every case I ever worked on, and that includes thousands and thousands of cases. So what are those functions? Well, we would look at the hormones, the immune system, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and the nervous system. It, it spells hidden, so it makes it really easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, I love, I, you I love that you did that hidden. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, I love that, um, oh. that you had it labeled as hidden. And that's so it's so easy for us as FDNs to remember that all those different organ systems. And mm-hmm. when you think about how they start to interplay, it's kind of mind blowing. Um, and, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to hear also, like, maybe someone in the audience is thinking, well, that's great. But like, you know, I don't just have, you know, a headache, I have like polycystic ovarian syndrome, or I have diabetes or something like that. And so they're like, well, that doesn't work for me, because I need to take this specific drug or something like that. So perhaps you could explain a little bit too about how this method applies. I know I have a client right now who's pre-diabetic PCOS and has Hashimoto's, and the approach is very different. So I'd, I'd love to kind of go into that as well, how we can apply this, even if you have a diagnosis. Sure. Well, it often works best on people with a previous diagnosis because they have been going at it for a long time. And usually they are seeing a physician or more than one physician, might have two or three, and each one is kind of specialized in one part of their body. Again, this idea of specific treatments. They might be on three or four or I've seen people on eight or ten different medications. Again, with little regard for who's taking it. And so it doesn't matter how, really how complex the case is, except for that you might do more laboratory work, look for more underlying causes. But those causes, causal factors, will be within the H-I-D-D-E-N construct. And it's just that over the years, thousands and thousands of cases, those were the similarities. Those were the common patterns that I noticed over thousands of cases. I didn't pull those things out of the thin air. I noticed when we did hormones, they felt better. And then when we worked on the immune system, they felt even better and digestion and detoxification. And everyone has some of these common uh, healing opportunities. So, and that's what H-I-D-D-E-N stands for, the healing opportunities. So it doesn't really matter if you have PCOS or fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or irritable bowel or any of these things. To me, I'm not a physician. I'm not going to diagnose any medical diagnosis. You can have those things. And then, so, but when you look at what the healing opportunities are and then apply the general principles of health building, well, what are those things? Again, it's another acronym and it's a corrective diet, corrective sleep or rest. So that's D-R-E-S-S, diet, rest, exercise. You can't be healthy if you don't move your body. Stress reduction, which is the biggest area along with diet because there's so many different types of stress and stressors and what I call contributors to metabolic chaos. And then finally, the supplements. And I don't have my own line, but I know a few things about them over all these years. So, so when, you, when you figure out what's wrong or you know, what the healing opportunities are within the H-I-D-D-E-N columns, and then you apply the principles to every cell, tissue, organ, and system, people just get better. And if they don't have a medical diagnosis, they might have been headed towards one you know a lot of doctors uh, people get turned away at the doctor's office because there's nothing wrong with you know there's nothing wrong with your blood work well it looks normal so you know come back when you're really sick you know and uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't work for people either so it's mm-hmm. those H-I-D-D-E and healing opportunities that we identify with the lab it's applying the principles of wellness and health building and that's a journey for people but that's the formula and people just get better. And even serious diagnosed conditions have just dried up. Wow. 
Yes. Thank you so much for explaining your, your brainchild. I, I love hearing it, even though I've heard it so many times throughout the program and listening to you speak. And, you know, as, as somebody who's benefited so greatly myself from being reminded of these crucial, crucial principles, right? I mean, diet, let's the same again, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. And that dress principle is so fundamental. You know, I often see um, people kind of like, I'll give you an example. I live in New York City, so everyone is pretty stressed out here. <laughs> the name of the game is to go, 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 go. And as a female, I think it's even worse because males' hormones, they set, the, set up every single day on a 24-hour clock, whereas women change throughout the month. And so we're being kind of set up to go, 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 and we're constantly stressed out. I mean, I think a lot of people are stressed out um, in this country. And so when we don't look at that that first S as a primary function in what could be kind of debilitating us or causing these symptoms, we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle. So I love that you have these like kind of five pillars that anyone can really go back to and, um, and start to work on. And I think one thing that I'd love to, to hear you talk on is you, you've mentioned many times that 70 to 80% of all hospital visits are due to stress-related conditions. Wow. Can you, can you explain that a little bit more for the audience? What are, what are those types of conditions? I mean, I think one of the things that I learned from you is how stress is a bucket. And so I'd love to hear from you more about stress because I think it's one of those things that people don't know how to grasp onto. So I don't know if that, um, that's a clear enough question, sure? but yeah, can you talk about stress a little bit more? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Well, the, the, uh, the dress program, if you will, you know, customized D diet, R rest, E exercise, and S stress reduction. So let's look at that area because it's huge. There are what I would consider areas of stress. One is the mental emotional. So, and, and that matters a lot towards your health. Uh, mental emotional stress, if you're um, fighting with your spouse, if you have kids that are misbehaving, if you have financial problems, if you don't like your work environment, and there's all kinds of mental emotional stressors, the neighbors, or whatever it is, uh, that can contribute to chaos in the body, it transfers right into the body. That's stressful stuff, your hormones get out of whack, and from there there's a cascade downhill. Your whole health can change because of mental emotional stress. But there's also built up physical stress and trauma. So over the years, we might have had sports injuries or car accidents or just things that happen even when you're a kid. Sometimes even the way you were born can affect your physical, you know, the musculoskeletal system. There's, again, trauma and microtrauma from weaknesses and uh, repetitive motion. Things. So the body itself aches and pains from just abuse or overuse. Uh, can add up too. Now, the body responds the same way to that kind of stress. With uh, The hormones got a whack and it cascades from there. And perhaps the, the third area could be even uh, bigger and uh, more insidious because it's the environment. Remember, this is where I started uh, the whole in the whole health field is with knowing what's in the environment. There are just thousands and thousands and thousands of chemicals that are being released on a daily basis into the environment. And that would include the air you breathe, everything you drink, all the food, and you name it. So we're, and 
not only is there that type of chemical and uh, uh, environmental stress, it happens within our own bodies. So our bodies produce waste products. They also get other kinds of stressors like parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses. And you can throw food sensitivities on top of all that. So, wow, now look at stress. It's the mental, emotional, it's the physical and trauma and aches and pains, and it is the uh, chemical and biochemical stressors of the world and what is produced in our own body. So you have this milieu, and and, and the body breaks down. We're all unique individuals with our own unique individual weak links, weak links in metabolism, what are often called vital voids. You know, just some people just don't do things very well inside their bodies. Now, when you take that approach, then you know why the only approach to get out of that trouble, you know, most people, let's say they've lived their way into the troubles they have, uh, they have to live their way out of them. And that's why those dress principles work so well. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, in the area of stress, it's, it's huge. And I think everyone can probably relate to that pretty well. Absolutely. And, you know, we have about three minutes till the, to the break. And I think when we come back, I'd love to dive into the vital voids and the, the weak links because people probably don't really know what that means. And it's a really, it's really worth exploring for them because they might uh, be able to connect to it. And thank you for explaining the stress bucket. And um, I have so many clients whose stress bucket is just overflowing and that's why they're starting to have these, these pains, right? So again, this is where we get to look at the whole picture. I mean, look, I live in New York City. I'm pretty sure I breathe in cadmium every time I go outside. Um, so, you know, I think w- one thing to leave on before the break maybe read is Given that there's all these biochemical stressors, given that there's so much stress in the news, right? We're going through this coronavirus thing right now. Everyone's stressed out. How do we, um, what, what's our practical tip on how we can start to manage this stress so that it doesn't become overwhelming as we start to learn more and more about this huge bucket of stress we're facing today? So you're, you're saying you, you want, what's the question? You, you want to know what else yeah, just is in the bucket? Pra- just a practical tip or two for what people can do to manage their stress since now they, they understand this, this big bucket that they're facing um, potentially between the three stressors you explained. Well, you know, we, we talk about uh, the, the formula that you have to work on every cell, tissue, organ, and system simultaneously. If I was uh, going to treat a specific thing, uh, that could be considered through just practicing medicine. Now, you can certainly treat yourself in any way you want, but as a professional health coach, person working in this area, we can ha- that doesn't work for us. And so, again, it takes a rather comprehensive, or at least those five things, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplements. So you could take a look around. Uh, uh, we run food sensitivity testing, for instance, for the diet, and so we mm-hmm. get the diet cleaned up first. And your diet should actually, if you're eating right, uh, we use some metabolic typing and the food sensitivities together to come up with the perfect fuel mixture. So one tip is to fuel your cells with the correct ratio of protein, fat, and carbs. Most people are eating wrong for their type, their genetic type. So you're going to uh, be uh, eating too much carbs or maybe even too much protein for some people. 
too much fat for others. So getting the fuel mixture right is the way to clean up the diet, minus any uh, tests you, you might do you know, on food sensitivity, foods you're actually sensitive to. I don't know, know how long we have before the break, but that's no, a that's- critical one right there, just eating and feeling cells. That's perfect. Yeah, I think I'll just wrap that up and we'll go to break. But um, in a second, it's, you know, I think that this is a crucial thing. People don't know how to eat um, to support their bodies. And one thing you can do to, to add on to what Reed said is just tune in, right? So you eat a meal. And if it's not lasting you some time and you're feeling irritable and anxious or you're feeling um, hungry again really quickly, that's a really good time to kind of look at, hey, what was my ratio? Did I have enough fat? Did I have enough protein in that meal? Maybe I need a little bit more. And to work with a practiced um practitioner who does, you know, metabolic typing and who can help you look at that and really reflect on that so that you can get through your day with fuel. Because when you do that, your blood sugar stays stable and you can really manage your stress well. So with that, we'll, we'll go to the break and we'll come back and we'll keep talking about all this amazing dress protocol that Reed has for us. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain, and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of SHE, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to She Talks Health. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com. That's sophie at she-nyc.com. Now back to She Talks Health. Well, wake, welcome back, everybody. This is Sophie Shepard with She Talks Health. We're about halfway through our conversation with Reed Davis, founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition and personal mentor to me um, in my health journey. And we are just talking about how the general principles of health building 
outperform specific treatments and what that means in terms of the DRESS program that Reed teaches all of us FDNs. And DRESS stands for diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. And we use this five-pillar approach to support health and build health. And I have to just say that, you know, before working with Reed and working with the FDN principles, I didn't really have a guiding force on how I was helping people. I just knew I needed to help people. And now I have a really clear understanding of why you have to look at the person as a whole. And so for the last half of this um, conversation, we're going to be talking about how functional lab testing works, how as a, um, as a woman you can take practical steps to get to the root cause of your disease or symptom state and, and what you can really do about it. And we left off talking about one of the pillars, which was the stress piece. And one thing that Reed said that I loved was about balancing your nutrition. And another thing that I would really like to just add into the stress piece is something that I've found to be really useful. I tend to be a type A worry word, and I um, think a lot, talk a lot, and I'm very concerned with everything that's going on around me. Um, and it's funny because this morning in preparation for this first uh, interview in this first radio show, I had a friend of mine come over and she did some energy clearing work, which, you know, may sound a little woo-woo to some of you. And to be honest, it was my first time doing it as well. But I felt like, wow, I'm about to step into a place where not only am I interviewing Reed today, but I'm doing another pre-record and another live interview. I really have to get, have my energy up. And right now, it's been a very stressful time. The stock market is crashing and people are running around worried about coronavirus. If you live in a city, you know that it's probably even more stressful here because um, businesses are closing and you know, you're know you automatically on the train with people and people are worried about getting sick. So. One thing that I've been really trying to do around my stress is to drop into that mental, emotional stress and really drop into what's the rest and digest place. And when we can do that, we can really allow our body to build up and it can move away from the breakdown state that so many of us are in. And I just know that I'm number one uh, victim or person that does this to myself. I just kind of run myself into the ground. So one tip that I would give that's been really helpful for me is finding something that makes you feel really, really grounded um, and even consider what time of day would be best for you. So for me, I read the, the magic book, which is a gratitude practice book. And I really sit with what I'm grateful for at the beginning of my day. And I really spend a good 20 minutes doing that. Um, and setting myself up for success like that in the morning allows my, me to give back to myself, fill my cup up, and really take some quiet moments. And by the way, I do this with my phone on airplane mode. Yes, airplane mode. My phone does not go on until after I've done my morning routine and I feel really full. So if you're feeling really stressed and running around right now, I hope that helps. And let's move on to some more questions for Reed because I'm just loving this conversation. Um, Reed, welcome back. And... One thing I'd love for you to explain a little bit more, you mentioned vital voids. Um, could you explain what a vital void is for people who might not understand that, that uh, vocabulary? Yeah, sure. So we, we have all of these uh, uh, influences on our health and how things are functioning in our body. And some of those are genetic. You know, some of it's the environment. Now, the, the most important thing is probably the environment. 
and not the genetics so much. We, we, it said, uh, this is a borrowed phrase, uh, you know, genes kind of load the gun, but it is environment that pulls the trigger. So uh, in all your health problems, uh, I've heard, heard a doctor who I really respect, a great researcher, Dr. Russell Jaffe, he says that uh, the genetic component is only about 8% of your problem. The other 92% is how you live. It's the expression of those genes. You know, genes aren't uh, a foregone conclusion. You just might have a gene for colon cancer or some other diabetes or some other problem. If you've got the gene for it, it doesn't mean it's going to go that way. And so what would make it go that way? It is mostly the environment. And so, uh, you know, th- that's called epigenetics. So there's genetics, it's mm-hmm. your genes, and there's epigenetics. That's the influences on those genes. So it, there's... Uh, what we do, the the uh, the dress, we call it the Dress for Health Success program, is an epigenetic program. It's going to help a person to uh, express the genes, their genetic potential, in a good way. So, genetic potential should be looked at, uh, looked upon as a favorable thing. Like, um, or m- maybe not. Like me, for instance, I'm I'm five foot nine. I will never be an NBA player, an NBA star. I just don't have the genetic potential to become an an NBA star. But I got genetic potential to do a lot of other really good things. And so I live in a way that those I can uh, express in my health, basic health will be expressed in in a very good way. So, you know, I'm 66. I'm in great shape. I've actually had some um, a telomere test that says I have the the health and body of a 40-year-old at 66. And I've had people, yeah, and I've had people take that test and had one person in their 50s took it, but it said genetically and um, like biologically, they're more like in their 60s. So this idea of genetic potential becomes really, really, really important uh, at some point for some mm-hmm. people. And that's where the vital voids come in. You have people with uh, you know, genes that could go wrong, and then they're living in a way that, yep, those, those genes get more or less switched on or off, and, and it produces a negative result. So an, an example would be uh, my, my dad died of colon cancer, and his dad died of colon cancer, my grandfather. Well, you know, you could figure I have the genes for colon cancer, and sure enough, when I did the genetic test, and I just did the one that's really popular that everybody can get, and it's pretty inexpensive, and you get the raw data, you get all your genes, and then you put it through these various computer programs. Uh, like for 100 bucks, you can run it through this program or that program. And they, they print out your potentials. So if, if you have a, a void and you're not behaving yourself, you're, you probably are going to express in, in a bad way. There's a vital void there in your g- genetic makeup. So that's one way of looking at it. That's the hard way. The, other, the easy way to look at a, at a vital void is if you've had a body part removed, like your gallbladder. I mean, millions of people have had their gallbladder out. Well, that's probably going to give you some fat digestion problems uh, down the So that's a vital void. You're never going to grow that back. It's a weak link, if you will. Uh, and so there's lots of other weak links. Take a lactose intolerance. Well, that means you don't produce enzymes that break down the sugars in milk. So you have a hard time uh, with milk consumption, dairy consumption. That's a vital void 
or weak link in metabolism. And Amazing. we have to work around those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for, for explaining what the vital void is. Um, I always think of the gallbladder um, one because I, um, I just remember you teaching us that and then I actually have a client with a missing gallbladder. And what's really helpful about identifying your vital voids for anyone who's listening is then, like Reed said, you can work around them, you can support those, you know that they're there and you can kind of reinforce them. Um, and that's where it really is helpful to work with a practitioner who understands that so that you can really get um, that support through the rest of your life if it's a physical, like a gallbladder removal kind of thing. And um, just to go back to the beginning of when you were explaining this, this idea of epigenetics, because this might be something really new to, to the audience. And I love that you pulled it in because, um, you know, there's all these genetic tests out there. And what I think people get caught up in is they get that test done and they think, oh my gosh, I have the Alzheimer's gene, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. When in fact, like you said, mm-hmm. only 8% um, is, is like the, the, that you don't have control over essentially. So that 92% is huge. It's huge, huge, huge. And so it is kind of cool actually to get that test done because then you know, hey, you know what? I have this information. I'm empowered with this information because now I can choose to live a life where I'm going to build my health and support my body in this way. And I'll just share, you know, um, something personal on my end. This is really interesting. I love talking about epigenetics because and kind of genetic predisposition. So when I was 22, I had had seven years of what the doctors called at the time irritable bowel syndrome, which I later found out really was a condition called leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability, which we talk about a lot in the FDN course. And I had been dealing with that for, you know, seven years at the time. And unknowingly to me, this was causing a really um, inhospitable environment in my gut and causing my immune system to kind of be overactivated. And so what we know about autoimmune disease and what we're learning, because this is what's really cool about what we do, right, is like nutrition science and all these things are, are building on top of each other. We're doing more and more studies. We're finding out more information. So what we're learning about autoimmunity, which again affects, I think it said 75% of um, women, 75% of people with autoimmune disease, um, it's a, a woman's, uh, affects women. So I'm, I'm in that group. And autoimmunity comes from, what we're learning is that it comes from a combination of things. So you have a potential genetic predisposition. All right. So I had that. Um, for for thyroid issues, then you add on um, an acute or a chronic stressor. All right, so I had that, and I'm going to be talking about that again next week. Um, what was going on in my mental emotional health at that time, and then I had leaky gut, which we also know can can lead to some uh, immune uh, hyper hi- hyperactivity. So it's interesting, right? Because I didn't know that at the time. I wish I'd known mm-hmm. that, and I wish I'd had the forethought because perhaps I wouldn't have developed all the way into full-blown autoimmunity, which, you know, I, I basically manage now and I'm, my symptoms are under control because now I'm living that dress for health success, you know, guide as my every day, right? So now I've applied that and I've healed in a, in a way, um, you know, we don't really use the word healed, but it's, we've, I've improved in a way and managed symptoms in a way that have really um, been beneficial Um, but really it's been a whole like diet lifestyle shift that I've been living and walking for seven years. And that has kept those autoimmune symptoms, um, and issues at bay. So it's interesting when we talk about epigenetics because I see it in myself as well. So I just wanted to share that. (laughs) Just in perfectly. (laughs) 
Yeah, so, um, you know, it's it really is the epigenetics, which is where you started. And there's such a thing now, days as we call it applied epigenetics. So there are, there are ways you can do some testing, and then you'll see that certain... Uh, new, you know, nutraceuticals or supplements could be very helpful in making up the difference for some people, um, and that's a part of that S in the supplement. So D R E S S. But you never want to leave out the other elements. If you think it's just a matter of what supplements to take, it's that's way too simplistic. But the, another way to to maybe look at this idea of genetics is uh, Native Americans, you know, because they had, like diabetes is rampant among Native Americans. They're overweight, they're diabetic, they're going to the clinic all the time. And uh, I know this because my, my cousin's actually a priest up in Canada with two, his par- he has two parishes, they're, they're Cree Indian villages. And they're all mm-hmm. sick. They're all sick. They all have diabetes and, and alcoholism. Not all of them, of course, but you know what I mean. And uh, it's because they're genetically predisposed when they get off their natural diet. So they are meant to fish and hunt and eat game and you know organs and, and high purine type proteins and fat and a lot of it. They're only genetically uh, sort of allowed to eat a very small amount of carbohydrates. It's like seasonal seeds and, and fruits possibly um, they're not meant to eat spaghetti you know and so when they start eating uh, you know fried chicken and and uh, things like that and that just aren't on their diet potatoes and things in excess uh, they 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 really screw up carbohydrate metabolism and and can end up very easily with uh, adult onset type 2 diabetes so you could say it's in their genes so, oh it's just in your medicine which is what they get told at the at the government clinics, um, but the truth is that they behaved themselves into that problem. So that behavior is an epigenetic influence or program, if you will. So you can if anything you can sort of um, eat your way into, you should be able to eat <laughs> your way out of. <laughs> Oh, I love that story. And I think that's a really good one. And I know we talked a little bit about the D and dress uh, before the break, but, you know, Reed has a great point here, guys. This is why you might have tried every diet under the sun and it hasn't worked for you because genetically you might need to have more carbohydrates or less carbohydrates or certain types of protein. Reed just mentioned high purine. I'm a high purine person. This means I do a lot better with chicken thigh and dark meat chicken than I do with like chicken breast, for example. And that's like sacrilege in, in most diet um, dogma stuff that you get into. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I try to break that down in my practice that, look, I'm good with you being a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever you want to do as long as it's working in your body and it's not causing more of breakdown and this catabolic breakdown mode that most people are in. And so um, that's really important to uh, to address. And, and Reed, I think let's maybe we can talk about the other, you know, the other letters in the the dress for health success. You mentioned before, you know, how we, we can figure out these epigenetic things about ourselves and then um, or a genetic profile. And then, you know, people think, oh, I'm just going to take this for that. Um, I'm going to take this supplement for this, for that. And can you explain why, you know, that specifically doesn't work? Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are supplementing their way to health. And I always say that you can't supplement your way to health. Um, 
but maybe you can talk about when oh, yeah. when do we use supplements and when do we not and how do we evaluate that mm-hmm. and how do we know what is like a good supplement for us? Sure. Well, you know, it's almost built into just today's modern society, you know, that um, we should take something for something. If there's something about the way you look or feel, something about the way you look or feel that you want to change that you're not happy with, we are, we're sort of trained by the way medical system works uh, to take something for it. And I've been asked, you know, what can I take for this or that? And I come up with, you know, weird things to say. I'll tell the guy, well, why don't you take your wife out to dinner? Why don't you take a walk around the block? And they're like, come on, you know what I mean? I, what supplement can I go buy and, and things? Like, I just refuse to answer those questions that work that way until we get mm-hmm. an understanding that that's not going to fix anything. Generally, it's just a way to get some relief care. Well, relief care is important. And I think if people just take the perspective that it, it, it would be okay to get some relief. Well, here, this will make you feel a little bit better or clear up some think about the way you look, like a skin condition. You know, there's lots of ways you can, you can take something to get some relief care. But don't stop there. We tell people don't, don't stop there. And by the way, that's what doctors are really good at. The, you know, getting symptoms to go away is almost the easy part now because they can make an agent that, that has an effect. But the corrective care, corrective care, so there's relief care. Corrective care is the where the work lies, and that's where a health coach can be serve people best. Um, we're not that interested in relief care, although it's important. You know, if a woman's having hot flashes, you better, you know, have something, some some trick up your sleeve to help with that. Um, and even sometimes that's where a physician can you can sort of inter- interact or uh, you know integrate very well because um, they're good at relief care. Well, we do the corrective care. We run the labs at the underlying causes and conditions and the, identify those healing opportunities. Again, hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, and so on. Identify those healing and then apply the principles so that you're actually correcting the dysfunction. Again, I said a moment ago, you ate your way into this. You can eat your way out of it. It just takes time. And this, this is where, you know, our back, that's our backyard. Now, the physician's backyard is if the downward spiral of the uh, disease process is so contracted, well, then the observations we make can't really be capitalized on. They're going downhill fast. They need relief care. They need someone to come in and, and you know, save their life. And we have the best doctors on the planet right here in the U.S., of course, and they're good at that. So we, but the, our backyard is that corrective care. And of course, then let's say it's corrected and you're healthy and you're happy now. Well, then there's maintenance. So we have relief care, corrective care, and maintenance care. We'd be, you know, interested in how can you correct this. So when we talk about diet, it's a corrective diet. When you talk about rest, rest can help correct certain imbalances. Same thing with exercise. You can't be healthy if you don't move your body. Stress reduction, again, is the biggest area because there's lots of labs you can run looking for those hidden stressors. You can measure the levels of toxicity in your body. You can uh, detect uh, the parasites, bacteria, funguses, and things. And you can also detect food sensitivities, things that are just really upsetting metabolic processes. Um, they're, they're not working for you, causing inflammation and what have you. And again, there's always downward spirals attached to these things. So 
It's a corrective diet, rest, exercise. Stress reduction is huge and supplementation. And, and supplements, uh, not to run on too much here, but, you know, they can be <laughs> very okay. supportive. They can yeah. be uh, stimulating. If, if you're going to get on a plane, I would uh, suggest you take some things to stimulate your immune system um, and so on. You know, supportive, uh, stimulating, and substituting for what's missing in food because it just doesn't have enough vitamins and minerals and essential fatty acids and all the things that it's meant to have in it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Reed, for that um, in-depth explanation. I think it's really thorough. And there's a reason I wanted Reed on to be at the, my first guest, because the rest of the guests are going to talk about pillars of this dress program. Not that they know the dress program specifically, but they all focus on you know rest specifically or stress reduction specifically. But this is a really good reference point as to the whole picture, right? So we actually only have three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um I want to ask you one final question, and then I I know we have a giveaway that I want to uh, tell everyone about. So there's this word that's floating around right now. It's called biohacking. And essentially, this is the practice of changing our chemistry and our physiology through science and self-experimentation to energize and enhance the body. Um, And I just wanted to ask if there was one female biohack, whether it is getting good sleep or going to sleep with the sun, you know, what can females in, in this country right now or all around the world actually do to support um, their body and kind of use this biohacking towards um, towards their to their towards their benefit. You know, it's a it's a great question, and um, what I found, I and it's just what I found twenty years ago, is that stress and hormones, stress and hormones, are where you could start. It's just a good entry point. Now, you're going to eventually have to cover the immune digestion, detoxification functions and things. But you'll see what general shape you're in. You can get a really good baseline by looking at the stress hormones and the sex hormones together. You could use a simple test. You could use uh, the dried urine testing. Now it's very popular. And the idea is to find out what's out of balance. It's not so much looking at hormones because people will say, oh, I've already looked at my hormones. My estrogen was low, so now I'm taking an estrogen booster. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. It's the ratios are much more important. Cortisol to DHEA ratio will tell you whether you're catabolic or anabolic. Catabolic is down. Your body's falling apart and so on. So there's, there, I would start with stress and hormone uh, measurements. Amazing. Thank you so much. And we only have one minute left. So can you tell everyone the three-step guide? Guys, you can email me at sophie at she-nyc.com to get this three-step guide. Can you close on that? What is this guide? What's well, a guide, the FDN three-step guide to getting real results is about the investigation is step one, like really look at some, some healing opportunities. Step two, of course, is the program, how to customize your own dress program, D-R-E-S-S. And step three is following the directions. You know, step three is about coaching and self-coaching. And so it's, um, you, if without steps one and two, your health coach isn't going to be able to help you much. You know, they need to know how to investigate the hidden opportunities, how to uh, lay out a customized dress or health success plan. That's steps one and two. And then there's all the positive psychology and getting up and being thankful and and behaving yourself. So it's kind of simple. One, two, three. Wonderful. Okay, great, guys. So you can email me. Uh, my email is in my bio um, on the Voice America page. 
Reed, thank you so much for coming on the show and being my very first guest. It's an absolute honor to talk to you for this past hour. Thank you again. Thank you, Sophie. I'm really proud of you. You're doing great work, and I look forward to listening to further episodes. Awesome. Over and out. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.